If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. It is indeed a show about black science fiction and fantasy helping us to stay on the same page as a family. Today for episode 122, we'll be discussing stories in Africa Risen. This is a part of an ongoing series covering stories from the anthology. So this is week four of Africa Risen. As always, you don't have to read. You don't have to watch. You just listen to us and do your thing. Patrons, do your thing, 21. We want to shout out those patrons, those people that give $1, $2, in some cases $5 a month to keep this podcast produced and bringing y'all fresh content. Thank you so much for supporting us. Special shout out to Lil. Hold on, let me let me zoom in. Lily Valladares, Kayla Ward, Jenica Hamill, Charity Kerrigan, Maya, Simone A, Valencia Bowden, Felicia, Rebecca, Savannah Shepard, and Kara Grossman. Please roll up on Thank the you. Patreon streets. If I did not say your name correctly, I will re-say it. Speaking of the Patreon, Ben, you gave the patrons a little bit of a treat this week, yeah? I did, yeah. So I didn't want to post it to any other social uh, media website because of the, the backlash, but basically Wild has figured out that a binky can go in other people's mouths as well. So she started to like stick it in my mouth and she thinks it's fucking hilarious. So she like has been putting the binky in my mouth and I've been taking, you know, like letting her do that to amuse her. And so I like, I just posted, you know, her being silly and just being absolutely, um, uh, hilarious. People that. will report you, you know, so I, that's, that's yeah, fair. I was like, I guess germs or, but I was like, she's my kid. Like we were a closed contamination system. We're like, you know, like I spit in your mouth. Oh, no. no. Oh, you not, not even in my, but you know what? Now people should report you. No, I like that. And I'm glad that we do have a space where we can just share some information with people. I know I, I told you I got that fun audition coming up. And if I don't get it, I'm posting the audition in the Patreon. So y'all can let me know what you think. But I thank y'all for supporting us on Patreon. And I love little videos of you and Wild playing with her binky. So that's all that matters. I think we should c- continue creating the content that makes us happy. Right, baby? Uh, yeah, I agree. And and especially in so much of your life makes you unhappy. <laughs> For example, you huh? you were like trying to edit this. <laughs> you're trying to edit um, this you this uh, documentary we've been working on about your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. 
and we have so many videos that you have to keep on deleting videos. And yesterday you were screaming. You're like, ah, and you're like working from downstairs and Wild mm -hmm. was sort of looking up like very like yes. baffled. Store, storage on every device we have is always like, I'm paying for extra storage. Where, 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 are, where, they did, going? where are they going? Where did you learn how to yell in frustration? Uh, for my father. Oh, you know, says. he is a professional yeller. He yells even oh. when things are going well. Yes. My, my number one impression of him is, I mean, that's not even an impression. That's just you at that, at this point. <laughs> no. Like when I get frustrated, I, I, I just, I'm like, I get real quiet. I'm like, all right, I need to stand up and go on a walk or go on a run, maybe punch a hole in the wall. You are a light. Well, you don't punch a hole in the wall. I don't want to alarm people out there. But you do not. You yell. Sometimes you will hit a computer or something. Like, oh, God. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Does good to Does anybody get, get frustrated and not yell? Like, I feel like there are some people who are so zen or they just, everything is so organized that they never have a reason to yell, you know, like out of frustration. I know some yogis like that for sure. But it's they're like, they're screaming oh. internally more than we are, though. I think it's good to just yell and get it out real quick. If it's if it's like a, a space like your home and things like that. What were you doing in the beginning of the intro? Were you doing like a Whitney Houston like da 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 da? I was I was still vibing on my today. I've been playing around with my Cheryl Lee Ralph impersonation, which is pretty spot on. I have fully nailed her because she's almost kind of like my mom in that way. Yeah. It's like everything is big and you should be the you you can be when you look in the mirror. And, and so and she approved of, of your impression, right? She, she did. She did. She just she, reposted she, and reshared on Twitter, which is super exciting. It's and, also know. nice that like, because when I, when I make fun of you, you're, you're pretty like accepting, you know, but there are moments where people get made fun of and they're like, Oh, I, that's mean. Like you shouldn't be doing that. Like, for example, you have that f comedian friend who came over, hung out. She's been like making fun of like, um, the black man like hotep podcaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so funny, Mel Mitchell. If you have not I, seen her uh, black male podcaster content, it's so good. And she's not even really making any fun of anyone specifically, but uh, people see themselves in her and they yes, don't like it. Yes, they're like, "How dare you drag you know Charlemagne like that?" And it's like she's not even doing that, but a hit dog a holler. No, I think obviously it's the f most fucked up like phrase ever that gets the point right across yeah it's like why would you hit a dog to begin with it's so mean but it's like a southern thing yeah it is it's just like you it, you throw a, a rock into a pack of dogs and the one that's why but why are you throwing a rock in a pack of dogs to begin with are they wild dogs or are they just, <laughs> are they just puppies know. they're just puppies hanging they're, out trying to have a good time cruel like, animals uh, I, I don't know up. but okay well so what can i can i continue <laughs> or or should we stop now mr i don't yield yellow like yeah, a fool yes we can continue yeah but i think there is some level of flattery that comes with when someone does an impersonation of you and they do it well which i definitely have because because let me be clear i definitely saw some people online today be like this isn't cheryl this is jennifer lewis no they are very distinctly different i want to <laughs> we're gonna get to the sci-fi but for for i am really good at my impersonations especially of like auntie black women because you know that is my plight, and I and I love that. But Cheryl is it's a definitely, plight to be an auntie. Not a plight, but my uh my crown. Use a better word, Amber. My crown, my Thank cape you. that I will one day wear. I, I'm definitely already an auntie, but Cheryl is up here. Where's Jennifer down here? It's it's a difference. 
And the girls, they they were in their feelings about it. They're like, this isn't her. This is, no, Cheryl is high. Jennifer's low. Cheryl's like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and D. That's, I think I just did the, the, the letters out of order. But maybe Jennifer would do that. <laughs> did I just say E, F, G? No, that's how the letters go, F, Amber. G, Actually, F. you know, uh, you know, pedagogically speaking, uh, teaching the alphabet in the right order of the alphabet is actually a waste of time. Like you don't have to teach the alphabet in the order of which really? it's, yeah, the, the data suggests that you should actually not teach the alphabet in the order of the alphabet song. You should teach it in the order of like uh, sounds that make, uh, that are easiest for ch- children to make. So like mom, dad, like, so oh. you have the O sounds, the A sound and teach words based on that instead of like, a for Apple, we're going to focus on all A words and then all yeah. B words and all, you know, C words or, or in Amber's case, all J words after B. <laughs> uh, oh, that was like it. a, you, did you just improvise I DJ just imp- right imp- there? Improvise. Speaking of improvise, yeah. uh, I've been going to improv and that's what I've been doing and I've yeah, been get learning specific. a lot. No, yeah, I've taken an improv class at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade here in LA and I've been learning a lot. I've actually have a really great teacher. He grew on me. It's very restrictive, the classes, Mm -hmm. and there's a very set formula and it's like, we're not doing this kind of, we're not going to do tags or we're not going to have more than three people scenes. And it's like, play yourself, try not to do any like weird character work because it's all about learning the basics, the very like clear basics. You know, I would hate that class. You would would be so bored. There are moments of it where I was so fucking bored. I'm like, oh my God, shoot me now. But I appreciated his approach at it especially for beginner improv it was nice to look at his pedagogy but there were like a lot of teacher moves that as a teacher i was like y'all need a whiteboard up in here it's like why a lot lot of of talking yeah there was a lot of talking like let's let's move let's move this a little bit quicker pacing Uh, yeah segments Um, if you will and 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 hone in on your like teaching point right and then repeat your teaching point a lot of people will teach a class and they don't focus on like the teaching point and break down that teaching point. So yeah, it's just like stream of consciousness. Sometimes yeah, you, you've also been going to a lot more improv shows and I, which I like, you've been sort of going to those on your own and just like letting yourself experience those yeah. and process all alone. And stuff. So lonely sitting in a, I will go with a you theater by myself. If, if that is a plea for me to go, sober. With you, you can just say that. But the thing about it is you typically decide that you're going to go to them the night of. I really do it like two hours before. And mama like, don't do that. I have I have the energy. I The baby's asleep. All right. I'm going. You know what I mean? Because yeah, sure. I, it's really hard to plan things when you're a parent, especially if you're a stay at home parent and you're watching the kid the whole time. Yeah. And you're also trying to do a little bit of work as well to like think about the energy you're going to have at, you know, eight o'clock, nine yeah. o'clock. Cause there's no comedy show that's early, but anyway, it's so funny because obviously we're very tired now because we're caring for her and, and working for ourselves, but we were tired before too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there was ever a time where we were just like, you know, I, I would, I was never tired. I was never not, I was never tired enough to not like do some sort of comedy in Chicago. Like I always liked going to the annoyance theater, even after a full day's work because I was working teaching. That was not a lot of fun. And I was also outside already. So going and hanging out with people that I already knew 
and interacted with was way better. Where here, if I go and do something, I'm going to meet all new people and Mm -hmm. like all new names and all new like personal histories and all new like personal traumas and Uh, all new. Not a trauma dump. Yeah. Yeah. I think I get better sleep now that I work for myself. I work with you. You're not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. I get way better sleep now. But even before, when I was like a high school teacher, I did not sleep well at night. Mm. So I want to, I don't know. I, I'd never want to become one of those parents that's always like, well, you don't have kids. <laughs> you Do you even know what tired is? Like, because that's just not true. I was definitely like more unhealthy at a job I didn't like. And that was way harder than. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm just like. Right. I don't think you're complaining. I just think our level of like, even before Wild, I would still just let you go to the annoyance because I was so smoked from the day. I I would compare like choosing to have kids is like choosing to be an alcoholic. You know, like continuing. I'm sorry. What? It's like oh, I'm so tired. I'm so miserable. My life is so awful. It's like well, you keep drinking. Right. And I, so when parents, when I'm parents are it. like, I have kids and I'm so tired, it's so hard to have a kid. Well, you had a kid, you know, that is just personal. Like, great. <laughs> just personal. Like, wow. You think, um, you speaking think of greatness. Wa- yeah. Though, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, if um, if you want to hear uh, great comedy uh, and you should definitely listen to Amber's amp show. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, we in, just went tonight. Yes, and tonight. you can like call in on Amp, talk to Amber, get some. She's basically a life coach, an life auntie, coach. Yes. a priestess. She will sure uh, help you with all your sins, a or sage, yes. by making you feel that you have no sins. Correct. It's called Bad Advice with Amber, and yes, next week we are talking about our most embarrassing moments. Do you have a Her- moment that you were most embarrassed about? I mean, you have. <laughs> I've every week, man. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of moments. A pocket full of embarrassing moments. What's you know, one that actually, you think of like I don't, right now. I don't really get embarrassed, to be honest. Yeah, but that's I think, true. I don't really get. I did remember in fourth grade, I did drop a violin and like break the bridge which holds up the string, and my violin, um, the composer, the conductor, she was. I really liked her. I, looking back at it, I think she was like a lesbian. Now that I think of. And the librarian too. Now that I she think was about fucking it. the librarian. No, no, I think they were just both separate lesbians. Got it. Because the, and, what does and, this have to do with the violin that you broke? I just remember wanting to always like impress her because she'd always like. I remember we like. I think we were like watched like a like a uh, a drag thing or something in okay music class. So I, I remember there being like some queer stuff that she would introduce to us, especially the librarian. But anyway, I, I broke the bridge and she yelled at me and she never really yelled at anybody. And I, I remember feeling a little embarrassed. So. And now you hate lesbians. Is this where, is this where that no, was? No, I actually liked it a little <laughs> bit. I liked being embarrassed oh. by lesbians. You liked... I don't know. I'm just trying oh, yeah. to... <laughs> I'm just trying to make a joke. He is improvising. I want to be clear. Speaking of amazing gay people... Can you embarrass me, Amber? Oh. This week, I think I've made a whole career doing yeah, that. Yeah, but sure I have. will continue. <laughs> Just note, stop. All right, I, I will continue embarrassing you. I know that's your kink. Anyway, speaking of incredible gay people, uh, Doctor Mick eighty three wrote an Apple Podcast review, and we are happy to read it. 
Dr. Mick 83 writes, huge fan. Hey, Amber and Ben. I'm a huge fan of you guys. My husband and I are also an interracial couple. And let me tell you, as a black gay nerd, it was never easy. I appreciate your podcast and bringing light to so many artists and creators who sometimes never get their moment in the sun. As a black manga creator myself, did I say that right, Ben? Mm-hmm. As a black manga creator myself, have you considered branching into the comic medium? Oh, yeah. Honestly, the biggest recommendation I can give is The Antagonist, created by a black creator from a black-owned company, from a company-owned by BIPOC. It's a great story and phenomenal art. Keep doing what you're doing and using your platform to help elevate others. Much love, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Have you read The Antagonist? I I have not. I haven't even heard of it. It's not even on my radar. So I'm excited to go check that out. Yeah, we haven't really done uh, comics in a while. We have done them in the past. Like we've done Bitter Root. We recently Uh, read Far Sector. We read Far Sector. Maybe a month or two ago. Yeah, uh, but... Uh, we haven't done any um, manga. We did Philadelphia. That's not a we manga. Did, we did uh, Philadelphia. That was oh man, I love Philadelphia. And then we did do an anime. Yes, we, we did two watched animes. Yasuke Can- and Yas- Cannon Busters. Cannon Busters, same creator. Uh, oh. But yeah, maybe we we should go back and like look for an uh, a manga. I think that would be cool. Very just, cool. Yeah. Just to diversify the medium a little bit. So also, Michael, please feel free to roll up in our DMs. I know you have the antagonist here, but um, any other recommendations? I promise y'all, we are continuing. 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 Got it. Words we are, are continuing to build a long list of things. Um, I know we're as we work to finish the Africa Risen series, I know Swarm came out. That's definitely gonna be on our radar. The blackening is coming out this summer. You know, antagonist. So uh, we have a new remake of the Haunted Mansion is coming out. Oh yes. Uh, we have a lot of, cool of good stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm so I, I I call but I hearken back to when Ben brought this idea to me of this podcast and I remember my first fear was that if we only cover black sci-fi and fantasy we're gonna run out of stuff to cover like an idiot I was an idiot and I'm so honored that I've been proven wrong time and time again and that we have a list of things that we are just working to get to and. I know we did not format this podcast in the best way because it literally is every week and we don't have seasons and things like that. But we're going to just continue bringing y'all black science fiction and fantasy and our personalities as we as we go along. So we have years and years of content to get to and we will get to that. Speaking of content, you want to hop into what we read? Yeah, let's jump into the stories. So the first story that we read this week was The Devil Is Us by Maret Bagat, and this is about an antique dealer who sort of unearths ancient Egyptian artifacts and then sells them on the black market. But then he decides to fuck with the wrong conjurer who right. uh, talk brings back gins and basically uh, it becomes like a revenge story. Now, this story, all right, gin. I love gin. I'm what? not talking about yeah. the drink. So in in the Quran, uh, you have angels, jinn, and humans. And humans are like of the earth and jinn are of fire. And so uh, it's very important. So a lot of these stories that we read, like Islam, because it is in Africa, you hear a lot of this like Islam references. So jinn are are made out of fire. They get to have lives like up. They're a good jinn and they're a bad jinn. 
Yes, the best example of this that the internet is giving me right now is like the genie in a. Oh, genie! Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's like blue. He's like blue fire. Where, right, but it's still something that's not quite human, but not quite. Yeah. Ghost but they can take or, the. But they can take the appearance of human. So if you ever watch it. American Gods, so could the genie. I think oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could turn into and, sort of. And yeah, but he was also like asexual as well. So Jin can have full sexual lives. And full, like, you know, they, they have power. There's various levels of them that have power. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I sort of love that, like being made out of fire. Was stuff. he asexual in Aladdin? Yeah. Right? I, didn't, I, I, I could see him getting with some other genie. I don't know. But I, I see your point. Okay. Or, or this idea um, that you could be, you know, it was sort of sacrilege, like uh, in Aladdin, right, that someone could be a, a human and change their essence and become a djinn. Like, that's it. not possible. Got it, got it. I feel yeah. like Jafar wanted to do that. Like, well, no, he I, does. He wanted to have the power of yeah, the genie. Right. Yeah, Jafar, that's how they trap it. him. So Jafar becomes a genie, but like every genie, um, you are like, you have to have a master. And mm. so he gets clapped and that's how they get rid of him. And then in the return of Jafar, it, somebody finds his you know, lamp and calls him. Right. That so. was Christina. Remember Christina Aguilera? What song am I thinking of right now, Ben? Genie in a Bottle? Yes. Do you remember how it went? Mm-mm. Nope. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Sing it at home if you know it. But anyway, you know what's interesting about this story? Well, that's, you know... I'm a genie in a bottle, oh, baby. baby. Yeah, that's not the gin of the Quran, Amber. I know. I'm Christina so Aguilera. sorry for those of you. I'm sorry. We started with Aladdin, and then naturally we get to Christina Aguilera. That's just how the sort world works. I sort of love it. Here's the gag about this story, for those of you who read it. So the main character, what was his name again? Abu, Abu Amar. Abu Amar goes to this other woman who can talk to the jinn, right? Mm -hmm. It's not him directly. It's like... Uh, what do you, a conduit or what do you call the in between the middleman? Yeah, sure. The wit, a witch. I don't know. Conjurer. So, the conjurer. Abu goes to the conjurer and the conjurer calls the jinn. Right. The jinn will grant Abu's request, and in turn just wants twenty percent of Abu's earnings. Oh yeah, they try to like make a cut of it, you know. And Abu was like, "To hell with you." And I actually remember thinking, damn, the devil only wants twenty percent. <laughs> he don't, he don't, he don't well, want all of it. Yeah, not not, not the devil, something. not the devil. Oh, the jinn. The jinn. Yeah, yeah. So I think it is really important in the paradigm of like jinn because like jinn are considered. You know how like people believe in angels, like Muslims believe in jinn. Like that I'm is sorry, that I, is like a real thing, and they have their right. own separate. No, no, you don't have to apologize, but well, it's like I, a very I, so like a jinn wanting twenty percent means like there's a level of humanness that the jinn has like the genie in aladdin would never like want money he could just make money up on his own but he you did know? want his freedom so there yeah. is something that the genie did want he did want so i don't but even like think material uh jinn jinn are more materialistic than we even though they're they're constructive of fire they're more um materialistic i just don't think it was that bad was of a cut that he well, i think the jinn was very fair about what he wanted and abu was like no deal f this and then obviously all hell breaks loose. The gin like burns thirty three houses in the in the yeah because the, the houses are on top of the eight the ancient artifacts. I yeah. just don't think uh, and and the name of this story is called the Devil Is Us, yeah. which makes sense because it's like 
So you're going to come over here asking for help from me and don't and, and can't even give me a little something. He, he was the treasure map. Me. He was going to tell him where all the treasures were. And right. Like, yeah. People are greedy. People are greedy. And I love that it was called The Devil is Like. Do you have the book over there really quickly? It's right up here. I, I really I underlined one quote from this because it was so true. And, and obviously Abu was like, you're a jinn. What would you even want with this money? It's like, it don't matter. I want some sort of guarantee that you're going to remember me and kept me in. Um, one thing, one line that really stuck out to me in this story was, if only humans knew that the devil would have no business on earth if it wasn't for their obsessions. That just really stuck out to me. Did, yeah. not, did that not resonate with you? It did. Like Satan can't, evil does not exist without humans. Correct. Yeah, so humans are the devil right. in a lot of ways. I know that you're like not every a big zombie, religious... Every single zombie story, it's like the real monsters are the humans, right? Right. Or the last of us, the cordyceps are not the scariest thing. It's the humans. Yeah, I, I know that you're not all about the religious stuff and things like that, but you can I'm resonate all about that, it. that sentiment. Yeah, I'm all about it, metaphorically. Metaphorically, you, uh, you can get down that. with like, yes, there be no... E- now, now, what I don't like what is what Christianity does. is just like, if it wasn't for Eve, that horrible cunt, the evils of the world wouldn't exist. It's like, so well, I'm that sorry, I actually you- agree with. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, I'm sorry. So you get to be a shit person and then trash Eve. Not right. Not right. Um, I really enjoyed this story. I do want to say that. And I, I foolishly didn't think about because this book is Africa risen and we have had a lot of, uh, authors from Nigeria and Tunisia and things like that. I didn't, when when met with Arabic in this chapter, I remember thinking like, huh, you know, because my, my vision of what an Arabic person looks like is not a black person right away. And I, I had to do a little bit of like, Oh, like I had to challenge a little bit of my thinking. Yes. Because just based on like, I have not Mm. met a black person who speaks Arabic. I know obviously many of them do like Moroccan people or that. So I, I had to just sort of, challenge my thinking in that way reading the story which i like also for a lot of the parts of africa that are muslim even though they may not mm-hmm. speak arabic primarily they are reading their quran in arabic right they're saying their prayers in arabic because arabic is considered like the perfect language it's like the language of god and the quran can only be read in arabic which gets the next episode the next uh, story you read cloud mine is also like all based in a Muslim culture. Yeah, can I say something else about that? Since we're staying in in the Muslim yeah. faith and identity in this section, I feel like this isn't a hot take or anything, but I feel like my only connection that I've had with black people in the Muslim faith is Nation of Islam. Right. Is Louis Farrakhan. But and like, like the, that. So this is very, very different from yeah, that. Yeah, it is very different and sort of, um, I guess like... Uh, Saudi or I don't even know Middle Eastern Muslims and African Muslims would right. not consider Nation of Islam Muslim. Right. They Yeah. They would actually, they reject them pretty intensely. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Yep. I can imagine not considering, but intense rejection. Oh is, yeah. Is it's, it's yeah. there's animosity in there for sure because uh, Middle Eastern Muslims, African Muslims, from what I've read and mm-hmm. who who I've talked to, believe that Nation of Islam is a bastardization and completely misconstrues um, 
uh, Islam. And in the same way, probably the Catholic Church in the beginning saw the Protestant Reformation as a complete bastardization of Christianity and like misconstruing right. like what true Christianity was. But people uh, who practice in the nation of Islam faith also read the Quran, right? And, yeah. And pray to Allah. I know we have some friends who yeah. are nation of Islam. Yeah. But they also like um, hold on to their like founder pretty strongly. Got it. And, Interesting. And, yeah. And his, so, and and then they also believe in like alternate history that is has no basis in any like historical fact. Okay. I I didn't ask you to say all that. But no, it's <laughs> it's it's sort of like it's the same. You you see, I got lot, you. In the same, and I would say Christians also believe historical things that have no basis in historical yes fact, yes in you historicism would right I, so like, i agree yeah the, you're not discriminating raising, <laughs> people believe that like christ raised from the dead as a historical fact well no historian would actually say that's like, right part, no. you know i know you're not discriminating history yes but i'm yes. saying like a someone who is studying history and using the methodology of like archaeology and researching they would um they would not come to these uh, conclusions. Got it. Okay, let's go on move Sorry, to the next yeah. story Sounded before you like get pretty... on your soapbox. All right, so yeah, but okay, I love Cloud Mine because there's like a plot about these people, rainmakers, who are sort of mm -hmm. enslaved. They are given mm. um, no pronouns, no names. They're sort of treated terribly, and they're forced to like make rain come. But here's what... Yes, which is not how rainmakers have been sort of talked about in history i feel like i feel like whenever i've heard about like rainmakers or rain dancing it's been like native american culture or like maybe mesoamerican culture uh, you know what i'm saying yeah remember well, that movie uh, that sh not i hate that i'm signing a movie but remember that show upload that we watched no. oh yeah or no upload i mean it wasn't I remember upload. upload it wasn't upload it was undone. Or oh, something. undone. Yeah. Is there a rainmaker in There's there? There's some sort of like dancer or something, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. But yeah, that those are the only times I remember having heard about. It was like a sign of up. like respect. Yes. So, Almost like a shaman in that way. So yeah. there are like two, there are people who treat rainmakers with, we read about towns that do treat rainmakers with respect. Okay. And this town doesn't. Got it. But what I found so um, compelling about reading the story is that it really makes you feel that you're in a Muslim country. So it, if you've ever been in, in a Muslim country, that was like the moment where I realized that your religion is very much based in how you're, you're raised. So in a Muslim country, you hear that muezzin call, which is the call to prayer, you know, five times a day okay. instead of church bells. You know, like we, there's literally a church outside our home and we hear those church bells on Sunday. We do, you, you know, but you don't hear that in a Muslim country. You hear the the call to prayer. Right? Got it. When you go in a car here, a taxi driver here, you know, they're listening to like, you know, music or whatever. But often in, throughout Cairo, you'll go into these taxi drivers instead of the cross hanging down. You know, it's the Quran uh, or or you'll hear the Quran being played on the radio all the time. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's being spoken. It's like a thing that people that a lot of people do instead of bars, there's coffee shops and with um hookah and all the men are out there drinking their coffee so it's just a completely different cultural experience and yeah. you sort of get this like you'll see people walking around carrying a mat they're not going to yoga they're like going to prayer right and so this right. this book sort of touches on that which i appreciated which i sort of want to take you to a muslim country it, it is a very like 
intriguing experience because you you see people living completely different than the way you see people living here in the u.s like especially being from the south like you see the religiosity Mm -hmm. in the same way but just with different tools yeah um i would definitely need to do a lot of like research on all of the customs and practices before i (laughs) got over there with my loud ass yeah (laughs) but again in the same way like there's various different there's like very conservative christian countries or conservative christian spaces when there's very liberal christian spaces there's also very like istanbul you know turkey is a muslim country for the most part and istanbul can be is you know muslim but Um, you don't see people wearing the head coverings as much, partly because the head covering becomes like a, um, there's like secular Muslims and then Mm -hmm. uh, religious Muslims and the head covering uh, tells how you vote. And so they they actually banned, there's been huge attempts to like ban head coverings and such. In Turkey. In Turkey, yeah. Got it. Also in France and, and any place where there's a, where. That's a complete shift the other way too though. Yeah, it's quite quite the uh, the head covering being a a symbol of like your political stance is super super interesting and and how it's being um, politicized in various ways and how yeah it's it's a whole it's a whole thing that I used to know more about that oh. I, I I don't want to say more because I don't want to. Uh, get things wrong but i remember in turkey in in turkey it was a huge thing like if a judge can a judge wear a um a head covering right if you're Mm, if you're a judge right so i think judges in the u.s i'm not sure if they can wear a cross around their neck but Mm. or or wear you know any sort of religious maybe what why the high collar was introduced or something you like you just never know well that was sort of um like a the the way the traditional judges were sort of like the the look of uh, the priest or the the gotcha. pastors because of that direct lineage of like church being the political power and then the separation of church and state but then holding on to certain resemblances of church power within like state structures so mm-hmm. all all fun stuff yeah what does that have to do with the rainmaker I'm, I'm- uh, I know. I was you, just you, saying. You it, on it, one today? It it builds like it it gets it puts you in the situation of like a Muslim country. This story, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I think because I had only heard about rainmakers and rainmaking rituals in like American Indian culture that I didn't set that landscape for myself. I just remember. I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of this town, not like the idea, but this town is in a drought and this boy's uncle goes to get the rainmaker to like save the day. And then it basically we learn like these rainmakers are essentially like enslaved and being whipped, which is insane. Did you understand how this story ended? I think the rainmaker is going to exact revenge on the yes. entire village because the boy I, ma- makes eye contact with the rainmaker because the boy in the story is like, why are we doing this? Yeah, why, are why are we, we treating these them? people? Just let them and, dance. And, and so there's a moment where the entire village is like celebrating. And, and it, um, in a world where there's not a lot of rain, 
like when rain falls, like you, you're outside. You're like yeah, yeah, enjoying yeah. it. So Catching kids, it and everything. Like, yeah. yeah. People have their mouth open. They're just super excited. And then he locks eyes with the rainmaker and the story just ends. Yeah. He, I was like, the, are they all about to drown? I, like it was my interpretation that. Oh, that's probably how, yeah, the rainmaker is yeah. going to like. Flood their village away. It was my interpretation that the people got the water and then the boy went to sleep and everybody drowned. Is that not how you read it? I don't remember that, but it could be. Yeah. Let me. As he sinks into the bottom. Yeah, that I think that's right. Right. Yeah. This is just semantics, but I'm, I, I, do you like when stories do that? Um, yeah, it's in his dreams later. He is in the well with the rainmaker again. Mm-hmm. So he goes to sleep and then he, yeah, he has a dream. dream. He's in a well. Yeah. I think rainmaker. that's a foreshadow of the rainmaker. Right. Exacting their revenge. Yeah. My question is like, stylistically, do you like when stories do that? When you do, when they're like left to interpretation, it depends what kind of story you're trying to write. So I like me personally, um, it did. Yeah, it depends if it fits that specific story. There are people who do that, and I'm like, yeah, you, you could have added more here. Right. Okay. Well, do you uh, for this for story, example, did you like it in um, the reading? Oh, where it sort of ended. Well, yeah, I feel like no, I didn't. I didn't feel like it worked <laughs> in there. The reading was a a movie we watched, and there's yes. sort of a a cliffhanger you're talking about cliffhangers do i enjoy cliffhangers cliffhangers or sort of like it, unresolved. It's, it's more than a cliffhanger it's it's an uncertainty about Un, how unresolved. It, it, it's le- yes it's it's left to the audience about how it ends oh, or maybe like us, inception us even does stuff inception like inception is or, like yeah. a classic example there's a spitting top and whether the top keeps spinning or falls at the end of the film determines like the outcome of the film, but we're left to surmise whether it keeps spinning or whether it falls. I think like, I think some people do that to be pretentious and Mm. and when it feels pretentious, I don't like it. So inception, if you watch inception and it's left unresolved, that felt pretentious for me. Just make a choice. There are other, there are other choices. Like in this case, the boy falls asleep he dreams. It's a foreshadow. It's very clear the rainmaker is going to act, exact revenge. So you can make it. You can make it can, feel unresolved, right? But put enough clues in there for the reader, the watcher, you know, the viewer, the listener, whatever, to understand how it's resolved. Got it. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there because you know me. I, I hate feeling. I, I hate feeling stupid, and I hate feeling like I didn't read something thoroughly, and so. I'll read and then be like, wait, is that it? Let me go read the page again. Like, did I miss a step where the Raymaker did kill everybody? And we just, um, but, but I also, like you said, enjoy like, a, okay, this is a short story. This is a natural in- close where we can infer what happens next. Okay. I was just yeah, curious I about mean, like also, stylistically. If people, you like that. people, they aspire for to be literary and that's part of being literary. It's like not, it's, you know, metaphor and you're left to, it's up to the reader to decide how it ended. But I'm, I, I like, I like metaphor. I like that, but I also appreciate things that tell a clearer story. And you, right. you, you know, do both, right? That's ideally. Do both. Anyway, uh, story number three is the, uh, sorry, 
Story number three is Ruler of the Rear Guard by Maurice Broadus. Have we read Maurice Broadus before? No, but he just wrote a he wrote a novella a few years ago. It's a steampunk novella that we're going to read here and talk What's about it steampunk. It's sitting upstairs. I forgot the name of it, but we'll we'll get to it. I but, was like, that name looks so familiar. Yeah, I just, I just got a book. You know, I actually bought that book from a bookstore that was uh, doing a drag... Um, uh, story hour for kids right and a bunch of like assholes showed up and, oh for fuck's yeah sake. and so i saw this on the internet um it's called buffalo soldier, buffalo soldier. Okay. so we're gonna read that so i saw this on the internet and i'm sorry wait let me back up you saw this book by maurice no no i saw the bookstore on the internet uh that was but a, how we get to the bookstore i just i ordered um the book Buffalo Soldier from that bookstore. Okay, Maurice Broadus wrote a book, and you saw that book. Oh, so you saw the bookstore first, then ordered. Yeah, from then him. I was like, "Oh, I need Got to read it. this." I, I want to read Maurice Broadus because I, I met him briefly at, um, uh, the uh, WorldCon in Chicago. Got it. So you saw this online bookstore. Wait, it's it's. It's, it's, a it's, a re- it's an in-person bookstore, but you bought this book online there. Yeah. It's an in-person bookstore that was attacked for having drag queen story hour there. And then to support them, I bought to a book. To support them, you bought from a the book. Sci-fi, by for the sci-fi side. Yeah. Got it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you're the one, you're the one confusing a bitch. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. That's good. I I'm, I'm thank you for supporting them, and they need the support because people are trash. Yeah, so this story, Ruler of the Rear Guard, that we read, right. a young woman leaves the U.S. that's been taken over basically by Trump supporters, and she mm. goes and like to the haven of Ghana, which is such an inversion of the story we often see. Is like, you know, poor African student needs to run away from Africa right. and like study in the U.S. But they do a really great job of inverting this. Yep. And the story, Sylvan is just so grateful. She's like, I am in a place where to be black is the norm. I am in a place where, you know, creativity is like, you know, the focus. And then at the same time, I think, yeah, the author does a good job being like, yeah, you know, don't, don't objectify this place too much. Uh, because you know, they still wrestle with like misogyny or, or whatnot. Colonialism. Colonial. Well, not really colonialism. Um, because that's what she's gotten away from is that she's gotten away from this terrible America, but they're still, they still have to battle colonialism, but the story is right. I was like, no, let me go cite some examples. No, no, she's like, you're in this country. Right that is a safe haven and you've gotten away from the problems of the U S but still you're still in a country that still has to battle colonialism. Yes. But Ghana in this case has become part of like an Africa union that focuses on like mineral and agricultural wealth um, of Africa becoming for Africans. So it's sort of like a near, you know, future kind of story. Yeah. I liked this story a lot, but this story definitely did not have as many um, sci-fi elements that I thought, like, right? There were a, I mean, there were a couple people, of AIs. people leaving the U.S. to go to Ghana because Ghana is safer than the U.S. 
It is a pretty like huge science fictional idea. Like the idea that countries can sort of anger and switch. Right. But just like the actual robot and mechanics of it all, it didn't have a yeah, lot of that. There's no like, you know, big or it didn't elements. have a lot of fantasy. Yeah. 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 So it's I like remember poly science fiction. Yeah. It was almost like poly science. Um, when we remember when Political. we watched uh, the Underground Railroad. It's yeah. like it's more that. Yeah, you're like, especially in those beginning episodes where it's just like, it's just a plantation where somebody's being whipped. You're like, which part is the fantastic? I'm waiting for the fantasy or, or, of it. Or at one point you get to a point where they go to a state where they don't allow black people in the state. And they're like, wait, did this actually happen? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's just convincing enough, which I like. So, so you call that near distant future. Yeah, probably, you know, near yeah. future. Near future science fiction, yeah. Near future science fiction, yes. But I did still really enjoy this story, and it was like very easy to follow. Imagine if we had to leave the U.S. because the U.S. becomes like this place of drought, and we become like the American refugees. It almost right? feels like that's inevitable, as American much shit we, as we give refugees here. Well, yeah, you know, every hundred years, like countries, they go up and down, right? Like. There are places where you have like this is the crate, you know, Africa is the cradle of civilization and mm -hmm. these civilizations were great. And then it swung where like, you know, Europe got guns, germs, and then the ad the advantageous of like steel of, of steel, which allowed them to, you know, produce and then col colonialize. And now things will like pendulum swings in the right. realms of like thousands of years of human history, if we make it that long. Yeah, I I. I foresee or predict rather, especially in the next few decades, that that might not happen to America as a whole, but it will happen to like a couple of states. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like Louisiana, like, Florida. Like states attempting to, um, you know, secede from the United States. Seceding like, and, and fleeing from those states based on some environmental things. Like, like, like isn't, of, isn't Florida going to be underwater and... Or yeah, New York, or, or yeah, yeah. As the yeah, as things rise, we'll have climate refugees. Yes, something climate that people, refugees. As, uh, talk about from states to states. Yeah, um, or or especially with uh, more like trash ass legislation, like women <laughs> getting the death penalty for having abortions. Like, I don't know. I I think we might see. An oh yeah, if, so, yeah. if something like that were yeah. to, something like that were to happen. Right, right, yeah. Just to, yeah, it's like if. Handsmaid's Tale. You're like, wait, is this? <laughs> is I this mean, people. You know, it is funny that you say because in the U.S. there are points where people have fled from towns, right? Like you, have, right. You have history of sundown US, towns. Yeah, because and, the U.S. works almost like different countries, different little countries. Like they can have different legislation and different state so, flags so and different cultures. Yeah, it's like you could like smoke weed in one state and then be put in prison for a right. few years in a different state. Right. So it's like, what's the difference for us? But like if over there it's like Portugal and Spain here, it's, it's a similar energy, right? Yeah. Like shouldn't the U S have just been little countries? I mean, they, that that's what they wanted. They fought a whole war over it. They wanted, some people wanted to have slaves. Other people didn't. Right. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe we should have been united on some of those fronts about not doing that. But like, you know. Well, statehood, statehood in any other part of the world means like country. Got Only in it. the United States where we say a state, you know, like that, like, you know, the French state or like the state of France, the state of Italy. Yeah. Or what even is the difference between like provinces and states? Oh, man, I don't know. 
Right? Like, Canada is a bunch of provinces, but not states. I don't know. I feel well, yeah, because... I feel dumb. <laughs> I feel dumb. <laughs> I do. Uh, read these short stories. They make you feel dumb. They do. I was oh, talking no, no. to a girl at a brunch recently, and she's like, I'm from Nova Scotia. I was like, that is a province of Canada, correct? She was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she looked at me like, you good? I'm like, I'm sorry. Because it's not a state. Yeah, like, it's a province. Like Montreal or Quebec is not a well, state. Well, because yeah. a state anywhere else means its own separate country. Got it. Because yeah. the U.S. is this weird blend of like individual countries with a united front. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the United States experiment doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> <The> of... Last... <laughs> Things that a don't, little confusing, yeah. A little con- so this story, peeling time deluxe edition. I I have to I might have to reread this story, but from what I get Oof. is that you have a music like producer mm-hmm. who creates these this things was called Renee uh, Thomas, right? The author. No, she didn't write this story. No, I thought she wrote this one. No. Oh, got it. My uh, apologies. Uh, and so. Um, this you have this, this is confusing. <laughs> Sorry, let me let you, me get through ex- the explanation first. So you have this it. person who makes videos, okay, music videos, right? But also he can like conjure the images of these music videos instantly in his head, and so he's able to produce these music videos very quickly. But also he has the ability to like snatch voices and like people's like. Facul- like faculties and their like image and then put them on a screen so yes. he can like astral project out of himself and so he focuses on like finding women and like stealing their yes. talent and then producing these music videos yeah he 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 bends kidnapped women into rap songs yeah, what but, does but astral but, project mean? It means like I just you like fully glitched. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me look this up. So all right, but regardless, astral what I got from this story project. is that it's dangerous to work from home. <laughs> let me tell uh, you, say more. So there's this point where like uh, the author writes, um, if quote if he eliminates the workforce that sees too much, then no one will see the workings in his studio. End quote. So she she goes on this whole diatribe about how like when you only work by your own, you can do whatever you want because you have no like coworkers keeping you in check. Right. So owning your own business and working from home will turn you into a monster. So working right. for yourself turns you into a monster. Yeah. What do you think about that, Amber? Well, as someone who works for herself, I am a monster. As as a monster, I want to speak for the monsters for a second. Yeah. This story was. It was confusing. It just was. It and and it's written like an album almost. So it's like the intro song and then like some interludes and then the hook mm-hmm. and then it uh, and then like each verse and chorus had. If, if for those of you who are reading this with us, please let me know what you thought. Appealing of time, but I did like the the, the end made sense though. So. He, I, the the big theme I got is that women are being kidnapped and violated and viciously raped as we uh, move through music videos. So maybe it's a social commentary on like massage music noir and the music in rap industry music, 
Yes, which isn't wrong. Um, and but at the end, one of the women who were kidnapped basically like uses her stripper pole in that music video as a javelin, and then throws it in the head yeah. of the guy who's astral projecting. Right. So which I think is pretty he, great. he steals like part of their soul essentially, and yeah. like puts them inside this video. Yeah. So like they still oh, you know they, what it's like, they still go and live. Like, maybe it's like get out. Yeah. Oh, maybe like he's still yeah. Oh, that there's still can, an like, essence of that person. You in the sunken place, and yes, and there's still an essence of them. Yeah. But they're not dead. Yeah, it's also weird. There's this weird scene where he has sex with a woman, uh, in real life, but his semen ends up like destroying her womb. Yeah, it got really trippy. It's, it's a bizarre story. I think it's I I reread I reread parts of it and the reread made more sense. I was like, okay, most of this is like a spiritual realm and he's able to like use the, he calls it his trauma. He uses his trauma to, you know, like download things into a computer. Uh, is instantly. astral projecting like everything everywhere all at once where you yeah, can sort of like do a combo of moves to be like in another state in your mind. No, uh, that's more of like, tra- they talk about traversing different universes. Traversing? At- traversing. Traverse. Oh, oh sorry. Tra- tra- you know, traveling. Ciao. Man. No, no. Astral projection is, imagine if I were to close my eyes and then like okay. send my spirit outside of my body and now okay. I'm like traveling around in this earth, on this earth. Got it. Like the th- one eye, or think of like stars. Yeah, yeah, that's well. He those are more visions. Yeah, oh. those are more visions. Oh. Astral projection is like this. Like I close my eyes right now and I send my body off and I get to look at the stars right now. Like I'm in the sky in space and I see the satellites, yeah. or I, I project myself out and I get to spy on people. Got it. Yeah, it's like this author had like acid trip. Undone Undone has like elements of astral projection. Yeah, I like that. It's just, it's very hard to follow this story at first. Wouldn't you agree? It was. I do enjoy the social commentary on um, women in rap and stuff like that because I, you know, I actually just recently interviewed two women in sort of the music industry and it was just interesting talking to them, especially about some of the things about. It's like a man. Do they talk about it being a male dominated? Yeah, I asked them questions about that. And they one of the women, especially she kind of answered like, I haven't really faced any challenges being a woman in a male dominated field. And then she proceeds to be like, well, except for these people that tried to fuck me a couple of times. But like, so, so it was interesting sort of hearing how jaded and used to that. She like, is. oh, She's this like, is not a problem. Like, yeah, she wasn't even saying like, this is not a problem. She was just saying like. Nothing unique to this industry has happened to me because I'm a woman. Things have happened to me because I'm a woman, but that's not unique to music (laughs) in this industry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which was interesting, right? No, that sounds about right. She'll be like, yeah, because she was like, I haven't really faced any struggles with being a woman in this industry. I mean, obviously, like, I've been told to wear different clothes while doing my job but you know i think you know but this, to me that's like that's no that's a problem this story does this really fucked up thing where um oftentimes we're told like 
you know, we can't be prisoners in our own mind. You know, our, you know, I'll always be free because my mind will always be my own, right? There's this right? line in okay. like Star Wars and Andor, you know, this person's like, the, you know, the Empire will never, you know, imprison me because I will always be free in my mind. But mm-hmm. when you have someone who can astral project and like get into your whole essence, into your very being, then like nothing is safe. Even the mind can be colonized, right? And I think... Mm-hmm. This story is dealing with like mind colonization and brainwashing and yeah. and cultural erasure. Yeah, so, it's which is I, I like how yeah I love how this story is so unique. Even though it, it was a little bit confusing for us, I, I'm glad that we read it because this is the kind of stuff. This kind of astral projection is the stuff that allows me to have more compassion and understanding for people who have been victims of brainwashing. Whereas I think a lot of people, when people tell their stories of like how they joined this cult and now that they're out of it and all these things that happen, obviously everybody's go-to is like victim blaming and like, Oh, you're just stupid. You just ignore the red flags, mm. but they underestimate people's ability. Like, I I don't think people are astral projecting in real life, but I do think there are some highly highly intelligent human beings on this planet that are able to like fuck with people's minds and, in that way. And that also, are vulnerable. find vulnerable people yes. at vulnerable points in their life, right? Yes. So like, and the visual that moments. I have for that. What they're doing is now astral projection. <laughs> yeah, they're like literally getting into your mind. Yes. And you see that happening, especially if you're somebody who's still like it, like they prey on the people who are in the stage of like still figuring things out. Mm. And we've all you- in a way fallen victim to something similar. Like maybe it was a small scam or whatever. But like, I think it, when you find yourself like giving all of your money, all of your money to a church or something like that, you're kind of like. I, this preacher might be like astral projecting every it's like there's so, so fucked many up points that you of contact. S- you say that because when I was growing up, our youth pastor would teach us that like it's really important for us to evangelize to youth because you know um, most people like your chances of becoming saved you know drop seventy five percent once you're out of high school, and so there's like what. A, yeah your youth pastor so yeah what, like, was it rooted in some actual yeah stats? so yeah so there's this guy um uh, i think barnum or something but most conversions happen before pt like, barnum no as no, in no, a George sucker board every minute so somebody else <laughs> he's like a famous christian statistician as in barnum and bailey barnum circus? and bailey that sir. makes sense i'm just kidding uh barna i think it's actually barna george barna okay but he a christian statistician but i think that Basically, your chances of becoming saved um, drop significantly once you're out of high school. And so that was told to us and told like the importance of like churches putting lots of money into youth groups, lots of money into like youth outreach. But the fucked up thing is like that's it's that way because youth are vulnerable. So you're actually like preying on the weak minded to like convert, which is so fucked up. Yeah. Mm. But. The visual now I have in my mind is, is astral projection. Is astral projection. They're like getting into people's Or mind. even like pyramid schemes. Like I love when a documentary gives a visual of like the mind of the one person then webbing out and the, or like pyramiding and trickling down. And I'm like, yep, that's it's how they, ma- it's manipulation. That's how they got got. And then, the, you know, the, the next episode is about how they all then branded their bodies. I'm like, damn, this is <laughs> fucked up. Next episode. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's why you can't pick on me now that would, I'm watching Next in Fashion. 
I feel like um, don't like some fraternities do branding. Hell yeah! Wow, is that like a form of respect and like the yep. like group think or I don't know because or, every and I'm speaking on because I I do obviously AKA does cult, not do any kind culty. of branding but uh yeah you have an AKA brand that yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. know and about they, and it's so funny because even when you don't AKA they 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 are hyper vigilant about saying please do not get any tattoos that like symbolize your commitment to the sisterhood what like, wait oh why we not we know you're committed that is not what we do just because uh, like that like that level of like i don't i don't know i i honestly think they they warn against that for like litigious reasons because i could i could see somebody being like you know my big sister told me to like get this tattoo or whatever you know it, it might just be like them wait, trying why to make would sure. that what why, your big sister told you to get that Oh, I think they're oh, trying to avoid any sort of sister. hate. No, 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 no. Yes. Man, I am and so your big con- sister in this sorority. Sororities are any, so any form like, of like hazing sororities stuff. are like a magic system. For yeah, me. it is <laughs> a magic system. They, but I they, don't understand. They, any it's form, like, anything that could be potentially considered hazing, oh, they do so not like, want you to get. So if you're lying, if like everyone was forced to get a tattoo, you're like yes. you're spending money on this permanent thing. Okay, right, and that's like proof now that they were all forced. But like to do fraternities it. do it now. Here's the thing. This is what I was gonna say. Especially with uh, some, I've I've seen brands on either uh, Kappas or Omegas. Even when brands happen, some people get it, some people don't. Some people mm-hmm. want to get it, some people don't. It is it is my understanding that like everybody doesn't have to get it. So, do you do it? <laughs> I mean, this, I think my this, brother might have gotten branded too. He's a Sigma. Yeah, this is. Sure. It's but so, I don't think everybody on his it feels line very culty to me. Yeah, for very... sure. I mean, I, there's also a level of like cultish stuff aside because it only typically happens with men there's something very like oh, yeah about oh, like masculine there's, yeah there's hy- something very machismo and hyper masculine yeah well, that's it's not, not me. so much like <laughs> you said what man that's not me not me i love you but yeah there's something very like let, let's hype ourselves up and get this tattoo or get this brand like i i don't think it's rooted in like damn I care so much about this frat. I think it's rooted in like, look how much. Well, yeah, and frats don't have like, you know, psychos like this. Uh, the main character in Peeling Time, Deluxe right, Edition, right, right. Yeah, who's sort of like the leader, right? Because you, you know, fraternities they have turnover, right? And someone's not going to be in a fraternity for seven years. I mean, maybe, but like, yeah. That's not that like, well, they're in school, right? And so, yeah, but you can do grad chapter. Oh, yeah, you can be a chapter. general member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so you stay involved, but you're not the fraternity, the sorority part of it is really those four years of college, right? Yeah, yeah, the, those the are the end, most active. Yeah, most the, active. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not like a continuous thing, like now stay here with us and come. Yeah, yeah, every, yeah. No, not living and, quarters. And, and come that. celebrate, you know, Shabbat with us on like the Saturday and keep the, oh, the you know, Jew- seventh day okay, at, yeah. <laughs> Adventist or, well, right. actually there's a whole fringe group of like Christians who believe in, um, I shouldn't say fringe, but there is an element like where they don't have any music in church and they only celebrate the, the, the Sabbath on Saturday. And if you celebrate oh. on Sunday, you're wrong. We call it seventh day Adventist. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Ooh. And but, they have brands. Yes. Well, no, no, but, <laughs> You know, little like culty things. But if you were to combine that with like branding and then like meeting together all the time, and 
I mean, we're just so like because we're human and we we gather like that's a part of our DNA. Like cults are just inevitable. Like, don't you think? Yeah, cults well, are, like charismatic are, leaders. Yeah, it, it's interesting though because you have you yeah you right? you have like individual psychos who do um I shouldn't say psychos but individuals I guess I'm talking psycho in like the the term of like literature right like you the psycho literature literature or like you know film you have the psycho film or you have the individual who goes rogue who like kills people or okay. or in this case you have the individual who collects people's women's mind by astral projection i cannot get enough of that word yeah yeah and so there's the colonization of like body parts and like you know making weird stuff and then there's the inverse of that where you have the the villain who is like i'm going to collect people's like mind and i'm going to collect and hold on to them as like a group and i want to be a leader and i i always out of the two being the most scary I, i always fear the people who are charismatic and they they look like they're doing something good for you Mm. like those are the scarier people you know the jeffrey dahmers in the world are not about influencers yeah they're not yeah and we even have we have a we have a cultic word following yeah follow it yeah following that's like oh my god our followers we even refer to them as followers like we're fucking jesus yeah that's why I, i mean i don't know yeah I, I feel we asked them for money. We at, we have they have supported us. We oh did my that God, at the are top of the show. That's what I'm saying. Holy shit. He uh I think it was Malcolm X. Malcolm X said like he who controls the media controls the mind, right? Yeah. Social media. Uh That's where I think, the dollars are. Yeah, I think other people have said that before Probably. too. But let's 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 give it to Malcolm though. I think Hitler might have said that too. Oh, that's fun. Did I'm he? Pr- I'm pretty sure. Not me quoting Hitler. No, wait, wait. I got to look it up. I mean, he, he wasn't wrong with that, though. He who controls the media controls the mind. Or, um, oh, Jim okay. Morrison. Thank God. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, not Hitler, that I Hitler know. said something about, like, the youth. Who He who controls the youth controls, um, sure. The mind. Oh, yeah, because there was that. There was that politician who quoted Hitler and like the the importance of um, uh, educating children. Got it. Like your youth pastor. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So just to be clear, let's, let's, let's retort. <sighs> I did not quote Hitler on this good podcast this evening. Um, you want to get out of here so we can spend yeah. some time together? Yeah. Let's, let's hang out. Uh, thanks for listening. If you made it to the end. It, oh my gosh. Please text me. I mean, what well, DM me if you made it to the end of this podcast. We're just saying, I it. know you're not Hitler girl. We still love you. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. You may not be Hitler, but you're, uh, no, no, let's just not a, let's cause I don't want it to end poorly. Let's just yeah. not. Thank you're you so hitter. much. Thank you so much. <laughs> for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Up next, we are going into week five of Africa Risen. So we got eight weeks of Africa Risen. I'm so excited. Like, look at this big-ass book. We are halfway through it. So please make sure you read the next four short stories after uh, Peeling Time. I think the next the, the name of the next story is The Sugar Mill. Okay? Ben told me, Amber, don't read every single story. The Sugar Mill, that's the next one. And then read the three after that. So the next four short stories. And we will see y'all next week for the show. Oh, bye, y'all. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.